G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Let's turn our attention to developments around freedom for religious schools. In New South Wales, this is a developing issue becoming a state issue and bipartisan support for freedom for religious schools could be trashed following recommendations from an Albanese government commissioned discussion paper. The Australian Law Reform Commission paper recommends forcing religious schools and universities to comply with the LGBTQ plus ideology. Well, Family First-backed independent candidate for New South Wales Upper House, Lyle Shelton, is joining us for his take on what's happening. Lyle, a special welcome back to 2020. Yeah, thanks so much, Neil. Lyle, you're saying religious schools, on behalf of parents, should be free to address staff and student behaviours which are against their sincerely held religious beliefs. Uh, We do take that uh, for granted, but there's some threats to it. Yeah, there is, Neil. Um, We we used to take freedom of religion and the freedom of uh, religious schools, whether they be Christian or Muslim schools or Jewish schools, to teach uh, according to their ethos and to uh, require staff and students to um, be supporters of that ethos because that's the ethos of the the parent community. But um, an Australian Law Reform Commission discussion paper, which was released just last week, uh, commissioned by the Albanese government's Attorney General, Mark Dreyfus, uh, recommends stripping schools of their right to hire staff who believe in their ethos, who are willing to live according to that ethos, and also to take away the freedom uh, from uh, schools to, uh, for instance, you know, ensure that um, children wear the uniform that is in accordance with their gender. So it's very much forcing uh, an LGBTIQA plus ideology of gender fluidity Uh, upon religious schools and uh, that's where this discussion paper is taking the debate. It also used to be the case, Lyle, that we'd take for granted that when there was a government in power that an opposition party might take an alternative view but it seems to be both sides are supporting this crackdown or this way to control religious schools and universities. Well, certainly the the Liberal Party at a federal level has been silent on this. Uh, Now, the discussion paper has only just come out. But this debate about religious freedom and Christian schools has been going on for over five years since the definition of marriage was changed in law. And unfortunately, instead of progressing towards greater freedoms, uh, what the government is doing uh, with the silence, sadly, of the opposition is further restricting religious freedom. So we're going in the wrong direction, and that's where this debate's taking us. And uh, here in New South Wales, uh, there had been some bipartisan support at a state level. Uh, Mark Latham, the One Nation uh, member of parliament, had been instrumental in getting a religious freedom inquiry going. And at that inquiry last year, there was agreement from Labor and Liberal that religious schools should be free to hire staff who support their ethos and to ensure that um, that uh, you know, the truth about gender and marriage uh, could be taught freely uh, in these schools. Now, 
it looks like the Albanese government is heading in the direction of overriding that bipartisan uh, consensus here in New South Wales. Lyle, we are used to the terminology that some use and uh, it seems to change in different contexts, a separation of church and state. Uh, Sometimes it's used the way people prefer it to be used in the context of what they're trying to argue. But there is a sense here in which if you don't have a separation of church and state, you have the risk of a state controlling the church. That's never good for a society, is it? No, it's not. And, um, you know, we all agree with the idea of separation of church and state, uh, Christians and non-Christians alike, religious and non-religious people alike. But where the Albanese government seems to be taking the discussion through this uh, Australian Law Reform Commission report that that, uh, the Attorney General Mark Dreyfus commissioned is to the place where the government decides what a religious community is and isn't. And uh, the Law Reform Commission is essentially saying that Uh, A religious community doesn't have to have all the staff complying with the religion uh, for that to be a religious community. Now, that's not for the government to decide. If if a Christian or a Muslim school, you know, wants to exercise its religious freedom and create an environment that supports uh, the religion and and the environment the children uh, are educated in, then they should be allowed to require all staff from the gardener through to the bus driver to the mass teacher uh, to be participants and um, advocates for that religion, uh, not just those that hold positions of chaplaincy within the school. And that's what this report recommends. That's the direction that the Law Reform Commission is steering the debate. And uh, my real fear is that there won't be political will to stand up for this once this report brings down its final recommendations uh, in April of this year. You're concerned that LGBTIQ political activists are actually being given here some preference, some special privileges under the law because they're dictating to the government what they think should be right and the government not listening to the church. Is that one way of framing that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, this is the government saying what it thinks is a religious community. Uh, it's not for the government to decide that. And you know, the, the idea that, um, you know, an LGBT organisation would uh, employ uh, someone who, you know, openly supports what the Bible says about uh, human relationships, marriage, um, sexual flourishing. Uh, no one expects um, uh, an LGBT organisation like the Pride Centre in St Kilda in Melbourne to employ a Christian. And yet the LGBTI uh, AQ plus community uh, through its political activism uh, is is gaining this um, acceptance that it's allowed to impose its views uh, upon religious schools and dictate the sort of morality and uh, the, the ideas about gender and uh, relationships and marriage uh, that their ideas should trump those of the religious communities and those that the parents uh, want uh, for their children to be brought up in. And so that's just wrong for the government to do that. It's a double standard. Uh, it's wrong for the government to be involved in theology. Uh, we should have tolerance and diversity in our society and there should be freedom for people to have their religion to associate around that and their beliefs and for other groups to to give tolerance for that but uh, unfortunately this political group uh, wants to impose its view on everyone whether they agree or not. And Lyle, every little bit of political overreach that encroaches on religious freedom and it seems to be adding up uh, one upon the other 
Now, where, in your understanding, have both sides of politics been on this issue of religious freedom? It seems to me they've been in support of it in the past. Well, they keep saying they're in support of it. And ever since the 2017 marriage plebiscite, both Labor and Liberal said, yes, we're going to have religious freedom to make sure that uh, there's no unintended consequences of the change to the marriage law. Now, we're over five years down the track and there's been no religious discrimination bill. There's been nothing to protect the freedom of um, people who hold a different view on marriage to those of the political activists who caused the definition to change. And what we're seeing is more and more pressure being put uh, on people of faith and the their schools are particularly christian schools of the canary in the coal mine here and, and we're just seeing the latest attack through this australian law reform commission report saying no we don't think that christian schools should be free to hire staff who support their ethos we think you know if there's a transgender student they should be allowed to you know a boy should be allowed to wear a girl's school uniform in defiance of what the school thinks about biology uh, so it's being imposed there's no freedom here the debate is going in the wrong direction and there doesn't seem to be the political will from either Labor or Liberal uh, to fight for freedom and diversity and tolerance over different views around marriage and gender. And we were promised this after the 2017 marriage campaign, but of course, five years down the track, um, it's going all the wrong way. And that's a real problem. And that's why Family First is in the fight, because uh, if we uh, see people like myself elected to the parliament, we'll be bringing in our private members' bills uh, to provide for freedom of religion uh, and particularly for our Christian and, and other religious schools. Now, our schools are in the crosshairs here. This is where the target is at what happens within the school context. We all might appreciate that what happens in the school context is just uh, something on the sidelines for what happens in the church. So that's only a step away from where we're talking about government control. Uh, let me ask you, though, you've read the Australian Law Reform Commission discussion paper. What sort of examples are they giving there that would make schools comply in a certain way that would be against their religious ethos? Yeah, there's some really frightening examples. So, for instance, uh, it's suggesting that if um, a school had a teacher uh, who was in a non-spiritual role and that teacher wanted to go to the Pride March, you know, some of these pride festivals, uh, they have things like animal fetishes, uh, all sorts of um, behaviours which would be totally against um, religion, uh, Christianity and other religions and, and against mainstream views. But if that particular religious, religious school wanted to require that staff member to be someone who uh, upholds an example that's in accordance with the religion, uh, the Law Reform Commission is saying, no, that shouldn't be allowed. So that's one of the examples in this uh, lengthy report. Uh, other examples relate to uniforms. Um, so the school couldn't enforce a uniform policy if boys wanted to wear girls' school uniforms uh, and identify as someone of the opposite sex. Um, so this is a real uh, in-your-face um, attack on freedom of religion and, and an attack on basic biology and common sense as well. Uh, it's a real worry. And uh, the fact that a report like this is, has even seen the light of day with uh, its crazy recommendations, its anti-freedom recommendations, uh, commissioned by the Attorney-General Mark Dreyfus, uh, really shows what direction the government is taking this debate. Uh, from what I can understand, also within those conditions would be the thought that a Christian teacher wouldn't be able to sign something that says homosexuality is a sin, uh, which might mean for some that that would be a complete contradiction to a biblical teaching. Any thoughts there on how that could corner teachers and uh, get people into all sorts of hot water? 
Yeah, well, well, look, that's one of the specific examples in the in the report, which runs more than 50 odd pages. Um, but that's an example that um, the Law Reform Commission gives that if um, a statement of faith uh, listed, you know, certain behaviours which are in contravention uh, to the Bible or, or the Koran, for that matter, um, that uh, it would be against the law uh, for the school to require staff members to sign a statement of faith in accordance with those uh, particular moral beliefs. Now, that shouldn't be uncontroversial. For 2,000 years, Christianity has had a certain view about what it thinks uh, is flourishing in the area of human sexuality, what it, what it believes about marriage. Um, it, schools should be allowed to have statements of faith that people sign on to when they go to join an organisation. In fact, when the Ruddick Commission started this whole process of looking at religious freedom five years ago, they encouraged schools to put up front what they believe so that there's no confusion and no one could feel aggrieved if they'd um, gone and joined a, a religious school. But now the Law Reform Commission is saying, no, no, that's not good enough. Um, you cannot even have a statement of faith in accordance with what your scriptures say about areas of morality or marriage, um, and that, that would then become be, be against the law. That's what this discussion paper is saying. And uh, look, I've been around government processes long enough to know when this finds its way into a discussion paper, that's a pretty good indication of where the government's taking the debate, unless there's going to be a massive pushback uh, by the sector and by the community at large. Well, the New South Wales state election is coming up at the end of March. It will be a critical turning point, especially for the state of New South Wales, changes that are happening in the upper house. The thought that there might be no Christian voice on a crossbench in the New South Wales Upper House is for some something that sends shivers down their spine. And Lyle Shelton, you're standing as an independent candidate. You've got the backing of Family First Party, but the party itself is not able to stand candidates because of a registration with the Electoral Commission. But for people who are looking to support the initiatives that you're doing, uh, we connect them to you through the Family First Party. Is that where they'll find information about the sorts of policies that you're standing for? Yeah, that's right, Neil. Um, uh, The familyfirstparty.org.au website uh, has all the information about uh, my candidacy. As I say, the, the party's backing me. Um, because of the timeframes involved, we weren't able to be registered in time because we're reasonably new in getting the party re-established in New South Wales. But um, familyfirstparty.org.au uh, has the information about uh, my candidacy uh, and the group that I'm leading for the New South Wales Upper House. And uh, we'd certainly value your support and uh, value the prayers of your listeners. Well, so many will remember you spearheading the no vote uh, back in that 2017 vote around marriage. Uh, lots of people will want to see Lyle Shelton. You achieve some goals uh, with a political voice. So let me point listeners to familyfirstparty.org.au. You'll find out about the candidacy of Lyle Shelton on that website. Lyle, thanks so much for updating us on these critical issues today on 2020. Thanks so much, Neil. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.